0: We're in the book of Jude, and I tell you what, uh, this is just a one-chapter book of the Bible. There's not very many like that. Obadiah in the Old Testament's a one-chapter book of the Scriptures, and then we got 3 John and 2 John and Jude and Philemon, but uh, very few one-chapter books of the Bible, but Jude is, and it's power-punched. He uh, he's got a lot to say. He's the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he and James, the writer of James, are siblings, and they shared the same mother with the Lord Jesus Christ, but obviously different fathers, but uh, he calls himself a servant of the Lord, and uh, it looks like he wanted just to sit down and write how wonderful it is to be saved, and what are the blessings and the commonality of a... Um, a heart for the Lord, and the salvation that we share. By the way, I'd like to give you a little bit of assignment. Do you want to find some things that we share in a common faith? Read Romans chapter 1, maybe verses 1 through 14, 15. Down there, you're going to see several things that are common to those who know Jesus Christ. When we get saved, a lot of great things happen in our hearts, in our lives, and I think that we ought to cherish those things. We We ought to revel in the fact that I am saved, and by the, by the fact that I'm saved, I put my faith in Christ, I become a child of God. I think sonship and being a child of God is a game changer. It's a game changer. It's a wonderful thing. And, and of course, Jude wants to write and tell them what good things that come because he is a child of God and the blessings of salvation. However, he says, I wanted to do that. But I've got a right to you to earnestly contend for the faith. I was thinking about that. What is the faith? Now, it is faith that determines our eternal destiny. Uh, Only faith in Jesus Christ determines where you spend eternity. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. It's faith in what Christ did. But after we're saved, uh, the just shall live by faith. But that's not what it's really talking about here. To contend for the faith is the whole body of truth that God gave us. It is, thus saith the Lord, it is the faith, the practice of what the Scripture says. You know, friends, as we go on through life, you're going to find that people are going to start adding water to the Kool-Aid. <laughs> they're, going to try, they're going to start uh, kind of watering down the truth. It'll be more and more difficult to preach against the sins of immodesty, the sins of, of, of indistinction, the sins of uh, homosexuality, the sins of, of fornication, the sins of alcohol and the challenges of those things. It's going to be more and more easy just to kind of blend into this world. That's not new. That's not new to 2020. That was alive and well right there and here in the early century, the first century of Christianity. And Jude saw this, and he says, look, I wanted just to write to you and give you a fuzzy-wuzzy letter, but I can't. I've got to challenge you. There are some enemies of the gospel that are trying to sway us from the faith. You know, the Bible tells us that one of the reasons that God gave us the church is to protect the faith, to protect and to propagate the truth. He calls the church the pill in the ground of truth. You know, if you got saved, the reason you're saved is because a church somewhere in your realm did its job. They protected and propagated the gospel. If a, there's many church buildings and organizations in our community and the world at large who are there, they, 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 you couldn't get saved there if you wanted to. You'd have a better, easier time going to, to Planet Fitness and getting saved than you would in one of those churches because they have lost the, the body of truth, the faith. It has been taken over and Jude is going to tell them, here are some things that, uh, that are coming after our faith. He's going to speak about cults. He said cults come against people that bring the doctrine that Jesus is not God, that uh, go squirrely in the doctrinal areas. Some of the enemies of the gospel are people who are in the church who are not saved. Just like in the children of Israel, use the analogy that everybody who is uh, uh, in the group of the nation of Israel are not truly Jews. (laughs) They're not really Israelites. They're not really God's people. A lot of people that came out of Egypt, they came out of Egypt, they were not of the Lord. And they, they fell in the wilderness because they believed not. They came out with a group and no doubt, we had people in every church, in our church, in other churches, that they're not truly saved. They know it, God knows it. And they're not saved. They're going along. They may even be teaching Sunday school classes. They might be working on bus routes. They might be singing the choir or playing an instrument. They might be working on a a camera or doing some other things or putting on an usher jacket, but they're not saved. And they're in the group, but they're tares. And the Bible says one day God's going to reveal the tares from the true wheat. He said there's going to be some folks, and they're enemies of the gospel, you know, unsaved people act unsaved. Saved people should act saved. And I agree with you, there's not a sin that a Christian can do, an unsaved man can do, that a Christian can't do. And we're not saved or not saved because of sin. If you've believed and received Jesus Christ, you're God's child, that, that is uh, done. You're born to God's family, you can't be unborn. You may not be a good child for God, but you are God's child. But if you're not God's child, you need to get that straightened out real quickly. Make sure you're not a terror, because a terror and, a, and a, a person who says they're a Christian who are not a Christian are a hurt to the body of Christ. Cults are a problem. And then we find there, there are satanic oppositions, angels, uh, demons who fell away from the first estate. You'll see that in the book of Jude. And then, of course, we find there's immorality. And like Sodom and Gomorrah, just guys and girls who just have no interest in spiritual things. And they're reserved for eternal damnation. Dear friend, I'm telling you, if you're not saved, you need to get saved. And if you are saved, you ought to live like you're saved. And live holy, and live right. But these are enemies of the gospel. And he begins to more so tell a little bit about them. You look in the book of Jude, you'll find, and we read in verse verse number 20 and, and down. And we'll come back to that in just a few moments. But if you'll look with me. He gives a description of these people. He said in verse number 10, they speak evil of those things which they know not. And, uh, but what they know naturally, a brute beast, in those things they corrupt themselves. He said they're defamers. They're, they're devils. And he uses three different things. He's just like the doctrine uh, or the way of Cain, and that is the way of works. Cain believed you had to earn your way to heaven. He wanted to bring his fruit basket. Instead of a lamb. He wanted to go his way instead of God's way. And there's really just one way to heaven and that's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the sacrifice that God gave us. Cain taught a doctrine of works. He wanted to bring his fruit back and say, here's what I've worked with. Here's what I want you to accept. God's not interested in your works. He's interested in his son and faith in his son. When people came, what works of Christ? What can we do, Christ? He said, What works can we do that we can inherit eternal life? He said, This is the work of God, that you believe on Him whom He hath sent. Belief, that's the work that will please the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, Some the way of Cain. He said, Others are like Balaam. And Balaam was materialistic. He had a price on his head, and he, uh, he took on materialism. And this is sad, but this is true. Right here, people that are listening to me, and people who attend the First Baptist Church of Hammond, and other churches just like this good church, uh, we got the materialistic bug. We got a price. And if you got a price, the devil's got the payment. And, and oftentimes, we get caught up in the, entangled in the affairs of this life. And Balaam had that issue. He was, he was a God-called prophet. And yet he sold out. He he got so enamored with things that he left the important things. Hey, they're enemies of the gospel. People who are teaching works. People that are stuck in materialism and many of the name it claim it preachers of the day and those that uh, they just it's all about the money. You can tell that quickly. And I do believe that finances is the part of the work of the Lord and every Christian ought to be a giver. Every Christian ought to work hard, ought to, ought to associate carefully, live simply, and give generously. And I believe God puts that out. He, he spoke more about finances. But I think a lot of this stuff is, is, is junk. It's, it comes out of the doctrine of Balaam. And then he said the sons of Korah. And the sons of Korah were people that they delighted in getting a the crowd heretics. They drew a line and tried to get people on their side of the line against Moses and God dealt with them. Some folks, they just got, a, they got an opinion about everything. They got a big old mouth that they tell everything they want to say, negative or positive. Hey, listen, the Bible used the example here of a particular, he said, you know what, whenever, whenever Michael came to contest against Satan, he didn't even bring a railing accusation against him. He let God deal with him. Boy, be careful what you say with your mouth. That's a sin of Korah. Korah was rebellious and he gathered other people and usually someone like that is not satisfied to just contaminate themselves. They contaminate others through Facebook, through communication, through social media, through phone calls. No one, bitter people are not content to be bitter in themselves. They got to get it out there. They got to get some other people to join them. These are enemies of the gospel. And he goes on to say, he said, they're like, they're like clouds that don't give a rain. And they're just driven by the wind. They come, but they don't don't give anything. They're like fruit trees that, that don't bear fruit. Twice dead. Some of them, they've not even been saved. And they're enemies of the gospel, and they bring spotted uh, uh, things to the feast and to the joy that comes. And you find it almost in ever spiritual gathering of people and assembly. You'll find somebody, they'll poke their head up, and it doesn't matter how good it is. They got something negative to say. Be careful about that. He said, these folks are the enemies of the gospel. But tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about what to do to contend for the faith. What are we supposed to do whenever we're facing a society that's going this way hard and we're supposed to be going this way toward the Lord? What are we supposed to do with that? I believe God gives us a strategy right here in the book of Jude. Let's look at it together with me, if you would, please. First of all, uh, he goes on to describe some other folks, and I think I'll go ahead and read that, verse 16. These are murmurers. Are you a complainer? Complainers. Walking after their own lust or own desires. They do what they want to do. They don't care what people think. They don't care what people say. They do what they want to do. Dear friend, these are not positive attributes. Being a murmurer, being a complainer, being somebody who uh, has to have it their way. Uh, they walk after their own desires. They don't care. Matter of fact, they want to put it, put it in your eye. They want, to, they want to show you that I'm different. I can do this way. And Listen, friend, you can do that. And it's not really my job, and you know, it really is no skin off my teeth. It's no skin off your teeth if someone does that, because I'm not accountable for you and your decisions. I'm accountable for me. So then every one of us should give in an account to God. I've got to be careful about that, but as a pastor, I want to warn you. Be careful that you're not a murmurer. Be careful that you're not a complainer. Be careful you're not someone who just does what you want to do, walking after your own lust. Whatever you think is okay, that's what you will do. Let's look at the next verse. The Bible tells us in verse number 16. And their mouths speak great swelling words. Having men's person as an admiration, they want to get the large crowds of the people to approve of them. Verse number 17. But beloved... Now he's talking to his friends and his loved ones here, that he believes to be God's people. He says, here's the strategy. In a difficult time, here's how you contend for the faith. Number one, you remember the words which were spoken before of the, prof- of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, of course, in the time of Jude's writing, there was not a Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, or Revelation. There was not a 1 Peter, 2 Peter. There was not an Ephesians or Philippians. This is in the first century. And so he said, the first thing I would encourage you to do to contend for the faith is remember what Jesus told the apostles. Those men, the the church, Ephesians chapter 20, the Bible tells us that the church is built on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. He's the the foundation. And then there, there are the apostles, and then there are prophets, and there are no more of those running around today in that sense. Because when the word of God came, that which is perfect, that which is mature came, complete came. Then those other things, speaking in tongues, prophecies, knowledge, they'll be vanished away. But he said, in this time, uh, you want to remember what the words of the apostles were. Now, how can I apply it to my heart in today? How can you apply it to your heart? How can you contend for the faith? How can you protect and, and protect and propagate the Gospel of Jesus and the truth, the body of faith that is the Word of God. Number one, you need to know your Bible. You need to love your Bible. You need to read your Bible. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the precious Word of God. Do you have a good Bible? Are you reading your Bible? Are you meditating on the Bible? Teenager, listen, I want to encourage you to get you a Bible and love it. Read it. Apply it. Hey, Mom, Dad, a child, grandpa, grandma, single adult, every one of us ought to have a relationship with the words of God. How can you contend for the faith? Number one, remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. What were the words of the apostle in that early church? They were the words of God. This is God's word. I want to encourage you to love your Bible. You already know that. It's amazing how basic the Christian life is. I heard recently someone said, be a five-star Christian. Pray every day. Read your Bible on a daily basis. Attend church faithfully. Give generously and witness for Christ. You can be a five-star Christian. Pretty simple, isn't it? But sure, the Word of God is simple. But we need to spend time in the Scriptures. How do we contend for the faith? Remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep going if you would, please. The Bible tells us there are going to be mockers, verse number uh, 18, how that they told you there would be mockers in the last time, who would walk after their own ungodly lust, these they be who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit." He says, you go farther along and you remember that the Word of God teaches us that you're going to be a minority in this life if you're a child of God, if you're a faithful servant of Christ. If you love the Bible, most of the world doesn't love the Bible. Most of the world is not going to live pure. Most of the world is going to be complainers, gripers, doing what they want to do. God's people should be devoted to the Word of God and realize you're going to have mockers. You're going to have people doing what they want to do during this time. Realize, think it not strange, when you are going up the stream. When you're going up the stream of society, of Satan, of our own selfish desires. Hey, we need the Word of God. It is our relationship with the God. It's our, it's our private time alone with God that gives us power to obey. Remember the words of Jesus. Look at the next thing, the admonition. I like this part real quickly. By the way, those who are sensual, that means fleshly, will separate themselves. I'm amazed how oftentimes new Christians... They don't have to change their friends. Their friends change them. (laughs) They begin to to leave them. After a while, they say, you know, if if the world is really comfortable around you, they want to spend all this time with you, probably there's something wrong with you. Because people of this world love darkness rather than light, and you're supposed to be a light. And uh, people in darkness don't necessarily need the light. They don't want the light. They want to get away from the light. And I think we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Be careful about that. But he said these people, like this, they will separate themselves. They'll be sensual. They'll be going their own way. But here's the admonition. Remember the words of the Lord. And then verse number 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith. This is something you're supposed to do. This is not something God does for you. God will meet you. But you and I need to remember the words of Jesus, and we need to build up our most holy faith. I'll give you a quick thought on that. Would you please turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, would you? 2 Peter chapter 1. Here we find this wonderful passage that God has given me everything I need for my present, my present edification. He's giving me everything I need. But look at verse number five. And besides this, giving all diligence. By the way, the work of God is exactly that. It's work. It takes diligence. Well, what does it say here? He says, giving all diligence, add to your faith. He's going to say now, let's start building. What are you going to add to your faith? We saw this in previous times, but add virtue. That's separation from evil. And to virtue, knowledge—that's uh, experience and understanding. Then to knowledge, temperance. That has to do with remaining under. That means that means I'm I'm controlled. And then patience—that means strength to continue. Add to this faith these things. Look at verse seven. And to into into excuse me to patience, godliness. Into verse number six, godly living, holy living. And then to uh, To uh, godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity, which is the prestige attribute. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. Listen, friend, the first thing, let's remember the words of the Lord. The second thing, let's let's work hard to start building up our faith. Listen, if I sat down with you and you sat down with me and I said, listen, why don't you give me a verse on eternal security and I'll give you one. How many verses would it be till we couldn't find any more? What if someone said to you, you know, where in the Bible to tell me to be baptized. Could you tell them? Could you show them a couple places in the Bible? How about this? If someone said to you, can you give me a couple verses on that prove that Jesus is God, the deity of Christ? How would you do on that? Said, pastor, don't ask me those questions. Maybe you need to build yourself up in the most holy faith. Those are doctrinal things. How about someone said, oh, what's a verse of scripture on eternal security? How you can know that you can never lose your salvation. Do you know that one? Could we sit down and could you share with me and I share with you? It should be something we should know. So the pastor, as long as the pastor knows that, no, 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 pastor needs to know that. And I could study a lot more and know a lot more than I know. But friend, that's, that's your job too. He didn't say just to pastors build yourself. He said all of us who are children, who are beloved of God, Build yourself up in the most holy faith. Number one, remember the words of Jesus. Number two, build yourself up in this most holy faith. Don't be content just to sit, soak, and sour. Decide, you know what, I'm going to be a Bible student. I'm going to be ready to give an answer to every man that asks the reason of the hope that lieth in me with respect to them and acknowledgement that God is using this opportunity, fear, if you will, respect and readiness. Oh, we ought to have that. And I think I'll close with that tonight and pick this up on Wednesday night. I do believe this is a very helpful message tonight. I don't know about you, but when someone gives me something to take care of, I want to do a good job with it. I don't want to get it messed up. Someone says, would you watch my dog or would you take care of my car while I'm out of town? I'm going to be more careful with it. Why? Because I've been entrusted with something that's not mine. Well, dear Christian, you've you've been entrusted with something that's not yours. It's a body of truth. It's the faith. Contend for it by making sure you remember the words of the Lord and by continuing to build up your knowledge of truth. Being pure, being patient, being temperate. Add to that brotherly kindness. All this stuff, add add charity, which is a pressing attribute of God. Keep building up these attributes that God's given you. And there are several other things I think can be helpful to us, but I think I'll conclude with that tonight. Where are you at? What are you doing? Are you a concordance cripple? Would you have to just find, oh, I've got to find the concordance to find that? Or do you know some things? Have you written some things in your Bible? This is verses on eternal security. This is verses on the deity of Christ. This is verses on baptism. This is verses on forgiveness. This is verses on bitterness. These are things that will help us know that the Bible is God's word. I think it would be a very good idea. Let's begin building ourselves up in this most holy faith that God has given us. Dear friend, maybe I'm talking to you tonight and you're not sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. You're like our friend today who watched online and at the end said, you know what, I'm not saved and was able to kneel and accept Jesus Christ as their savior. Maybe you're here listening and you're not sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven. You're not gonna keep a faith you don't have. And it takes faith in Jesus Christ to have eternal life. Maybe if you would say, Pastor, I'm afraid I'm one of those tares. I'm not saved. I've not really put my faith in Christ for salvation. I need to do that. If you do it, it's not hard. God did all the work in wanting you to be saved. Don't miss out. Believe and receive Jesus right where you are. See, Pastor, what do I need to know? Number one, know that you're a sinner and believe it, that you can't go to heaven on your own. Your sin is against God. He's holy, and you and I are not. Number two, we must believe that sin has a penalty, and that penalty is to be separated from God eternally in the lake of fire. Number three is that Jesus took that penalty for you. The wages of sin is death. Guess what Jesus did? He died. Jesus was separated from his Father, so you would not have to be separated from him. Now you must believe that in your heart and ask God to save you. Right where you are, if you say, Pastor, I'm ready. I've known this for a long time. I'm not saved. I need to get it settled. Would you bow your head right now? It's not. Once again, it's, it's, you don't have to work your way into this. If God's bringing conviction to your heart through His Holy Spirit to believe and receive Jesus, that's not from the devil. <laughs> that's from God. He loves you. He's drawing your heart. The Bible says, that everyone who comes to Jesus comes because the Father has drawn his heart. Is he doing that for you? He said, all that cometh to me, the Father giveth me, cometh to me. He's trying to bring you to Jesus. If you say, I know it's my time. God says now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Would you say this to the Lord from your heart and even with your mouth? Pastor, I'm with my family. Pray it out loud. Anyone who believes on Jesus should not be ashamed. God called every person publicly. The Lord Jesus in his ministry, he called them, he called them publicly in front of others, and they stepped out and came. I want to encourage you to come to Jesus. Say this to the Lord. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve to be separated from you forever in the lake of fire, but I believe that you died for me. And on the cross, you did all that was needed to be done so I could be saved. You died. You were buried. You rose again so I could live. Please come into my life. Forgive my sin and save me right now. Dear friend, if you prayed that to the Lord, we're so happy. We're so grateful. And we want to be able to send you some material that can be helped to you. If you need to, call us right now at 219-932-0711. If you're listening by way of the radio, 219-932-0711. Or you can connect with us at fbchammond.com. The information is there. If you say, Pastor, I think I need some more information. I don't think I understood exactly what you just said. A demonstration is given to you at fbchammon.com salvation. Please take time to look at that. If you did accept Jesus, we want to send this to you free of charge. We'll put it in the mail tomorrow if we know about it today. You can just let us know. I want to get that. There's a little booklet called Understanding Salvation. It's simple. It tells you what happens when someone gets saved. I think it could be a great blessing to you. Let us know. Call us right now at the number 219 219- 932 we would like to help you with that.